What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Blunt Instruments Podcast, Episode 2. Uh, thank you guys for coming back. Um, I'm your one of your hosts, Luke Taggart, and I'll introduce you to the other co-host, Jake. What's going on, buddy? Hi, Luke. How are you, mate? Good, man. How's it going in Australia? Yeah, not too bad. I think the same as everyone else at the moment. Nothing much has changed in the last week, but it's absolutely yeah. fucking freezing, and we're just going to get through the middle of winter. What about you? <laughs> I feel like people, when they hear us talk and you say it's cold in Australia, they're like, is this guy on crack? <laughs> oh, no. It it gets cold here. We have snow like an hour away from where we are. Um, oh, really? It just, yeah, it, it blows people's mind that Australia like- isn't always like... Aren't you like southwest Australia? Uh, not literally the other way. We're um, east, east coast. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I thought you were on the west. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, west side is that's pretty much a fucking desert. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Here it's uh, it's funny. I'm in Michigan, as you know, and uh, the governor here just signed an order saying she's going to. Um, close indoor bar services at restaurants, but she is going to open the casinos. So it's like, I wonder if that's a political move at all. Yeah, that sounds um, sounds like she's got some motivation behind that. Yeah, yeah. Just wait, just wait till you see Michigan like floating away on its own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, thanks guys for for tuning back in. This episode we've got um, two two things for you guys. So first. Um, coming up here, we've got an interview with Jason Kim. Um, Jason actually came over to my house to do this. He's also located here in Michigan, and sometimes he's located in Maryland. Um, so we had the pleasure of interviewing him. And then the second half, so be sure to stay tuned. Um, after the interview is over, um, Jake and I will dive into the very talked about topic of who could be the next James Bond and who should be the next James Bond. And I think Jake and I have already spoken about this really briefly. Um, I think we agree somewhat on some and disagree on some of the others. So this will be pretty good. But um, like I said, here's uh, the interview with Jason Kim. Enjoy. 007. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. So you can actually catch Jason on Instagram. It's J-A-S-X-O-N 88 on Instagram. A lot of Bond stuff. This young man is an engineer, so we like to call him Q in the in the James Bond community. He travels quite a bit. He's been to many of the Bond locations, which we'll get into later in this episode. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on, bud. Yeah, I'm excited to talk Bond and No Time to Die. Or debating about no time that i release and anything else that you guys want to talk about today yep yep so jake where do you want to start with this guy we got him right here he's in my parents basement with me don't worry i don't live here people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, i um yeah thanks thanks again for joining us jason i think you know maybe let's start off with sort of the easiest one you know what got you into james bond what sort of brought you to this stage and yeah so uh, i'll say about I don't care, but uh, I'll say my age. I'm 32 years old, so the oh, first, God. so the first <laughs> film that I saw 
not the first, not just the first Bond film, but one of the first films that I ever saw was The Spy Who Loved Me when I was living in Korea at the time. And I remember when the Lotus Esprit came out of the beach, that beach scene, it just enamored me and got me into cars and led me to becoming the, led me to seek the vehicle engineering career that I am in today. I'm a seasoned veteran in that field. But many years later, like I saw Spy Who Loved Me at, at five years old, but I had no idea who James Bond was, but come, you know, like, elementary like elementary middle school like when i was nine ten years old is when golden Eye on n64 became a hit and tomorrow never dies was released around the same year so i remember every sleepover birthday party i would go we were either playing tomorrow never dies or renting tomorrow all right renting tomorrow never dies on from blockbuster for those who remember that uh <laughs> dissolved business enterprise or playing golden Eye n64 and that's when I really got started getting into Bond, and in the United States, there used to be a TBS uh, marathon called The 15 Days of 007, and I would watch those. I would watch the films that aired on TV at the time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Uh, and it's funny that you said it because. You and I had talked about this before, Jason, but it's funny that you said it because I was going to ask you the question if if uh, your love of cars through James Bond had anything to do with your career path. Oh, it absolutely did. And uh, it did for many uh, business figures out in the real world, such as Elon Musk also refers to Spy Love Me. And not only him, but Christopher Nolan uses uh, Spy Love Me to create the sense of escapism and adventure his films as well too. I suppose what I'd like to know, Jason, obviously, you know, going from the, I suppose, the beginning up until now, you know, we've got No Time to Die coming out. Um, I've sort of seen across your Instagram, I suppose, getting into a very sort of niche area, but I've seen that you've picked up a fair amount of sort of the clothes and the accessories and things like that from No Time to Die. Um, what's been your best sort of purchase so far? What are you enjoying the most? What are you looking to get hold of? Those are all great questions. And uh, I'd say the the very first item I bought, which I'm wearing right now, is the exact Q swatch that Ben Wishaw wears in the film. And apparently, the costume designer worked with swatch to design the swatch. And I feel like, or I think one of the things I like about Daniel Craig is that he dresses very practically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He dresses like what how I would wear comfortably. And like the Sperry, oh by the way, Sperry's that he wears in Jamaica, I got them for tw- I got them for twenty two dollars. Where at? Nordstrom Rack. It was like the oh pan- yeah. It was the pandemic reopening day, and then I found the exact same. It was originally like hundred eighty dollars, but got it for twenty two. I was like sold. And then recently, I also bought. It's not the Tom Ford ones, but I bought the Mason and Sons cocktail cuff shirts because i've always wanted those from watching the james bond films and that's uh i guess that's my favorite purchase that's no time to die related and i also recently bought my first pair of braces braces that he wears in Matera. i'd say but to to sum it up i'd say my favorite purchase from the no time to die outfit so far is the chukas that he wears at uh, no time I'm yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. I, I will say them as well. I love them. Oh, did you? Why didn't you know and tell me this? 
We're oh, business I'm partners, I'm, man. I'm so- yeah, well, on, you sound like buddy. my wife. Sorry, darling. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, um, I agree. Those shoes, they're great. Yeah, I will say too. Um, like I said, you guys, Jason is actually about 15 feet away from me, and when he walked in, I I saw the watch. Not only is it beautiful, it the presentation, the box it comes in is shaped like a laptop, and that was also immaculate. And for those of you guys that don't know, this watch is only available for resale right now it says that q is out on a mission if you go to swatch's website take it from me i've gone there like 40 fucking times so um (laughs) we'll find out when i get this but i'm supposed to get an email when it comes back in so it looks like q died on that mission (laughs) i also have the q mug from skyfall with the q and then i think the number 10 at the bottom but then Mm -hmm. i heard he has a new mug with the periodic table on it and I'm, I'm considering buying that as well, too. Even though yeah. I haven't seen the, yeah. the time. And yeah, I've got that I, one as well. Yeah. It's it's a nice mug. The periodic Didn't table. Mug talk, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. I picked that up the other day, so. And uh, I, I don't plan on buying the Omega at all, but uh, I have a Citizen Diver watch, which, resem- which resembles the exact Omega watch that he wears with the black and uh, rose gold. Uh, dial and my sister says she's gonna buy me the mesh bed so it will resemble the omega no time to die also a watch of his i've seen very nice watch that's actually pretty damn hard to find now too i don't know if you knew that yeah i mean yeah it's like uh it's uh not out of stock but it's uh out of model or out of Mm -hmm. discontinued yeah yeah discontinued so to follow up on that as far as aside from no time to die i know that you do have some other items um i think you have some barber uh clothing items too don't you yes sir i do i don't have the skyfall barber though also hard to find um so aside from no time to die and i would say aside from daniel craig which one of the former bond actors do you most idolize as a style icon aside from daniel craig very good question uh took me long enough to ask it that's a very good question and i'd say i'm gonna say roger moore why is that because uh i'm not because i mean i love the 70s but i'm not a huge like a bell-bottom bands or safari jacket type of person but (laughs) Just for everybody listening, he does have bell bottoms on right now. Oh, man, you reveal my secret. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you walking around Michigan in the fucking flares over there, Jason? Like the Brady Bunch. We need to have a chat. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Live and Let Die, uh, I love that peacoat, that overcoat, peacoat overcoat that he wears in New York City. And I always say, uh, for Roger Moore, every any suit that he ever wore when he met M at MI6 was a very classic English look, and I've always so I'm a I'm a Roger guy, guy in that sense. And he was my first Bond, and from the three Bond actors that I have met in person, I enjoy meeting Roger the most. Also, something that separates this guy from a lot of people in the in the community is this gentleman's actually met a few of them, and Roger Moore. I mean, as we all know, the late great. Sir Roger Moore passed away. That is something pretty special for sure. Yeah. So the order that I met the Bond actors are Daniel in 
London during the Spectre premiere. Roger, five days later, in Harrogate, England, because when he used to do the an evening with Sir Roger Moore tours all around England, and I remember I couldn't get all the tickets were sold out, and then there was one in Harrogate, England. Harrogate's in Yorkshire, Northern England, near York and Manchester. That's the best geographic I could describe. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you're British, and so I took up the train to Harrogate, and every time I time. I tell people that I visit Harrogate. People are like, why the hell did you visit Harrogate? I was like, I want to meet the late, the great Sir Roger Moore. Yeah, and you guys didn't, so kiss my ass. That's what I would say. And then, and then a lot Jake, of cool shit happens in Harrogate. And then Jake, I also met uh, the pride of your country, George Lazenby, as well. So he signed my Honor Majesty Secret Service. That's pretty cool. I um, there was an opportunity to meet him just before the pandemic hit and I was unfortunately out of the city at the time so I missed that one and now I'm absolutely kicking myself because he was yeah one of these like um uh, comic com I've said that wrong I don't know what they're called one of those sorts of things places that I don't normally go to if you may or may not be able to tell um but yeah he was there with the um the original Aston Martin from Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and yeah, I'm absolutely kicking myself that I wasn't in the city for that day now. Don't yeah. worry, he'll come back. He he's he needs he keeps doing a lot of fan tours because that's how he's generating income because he doesn't have any other source of income. So I think you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. He's making his money. Um, yeah, I I was hoping to obviously sort of pick your brains about you. Obviously, you know we've spoken about it before. You've met a lot of the actors and you've been to a lot of the sort of places that that the films have sort of been been sort of set. What's sort of been your your best sort of Bond location? You know, top three, top five, however long you want to talk about it. Where where have you sort of enjoyed the most sort of when you've been visiting? First is easily Lake Como, where Casino Royale was shot. So I went to the clinic scene where Bond is recovering and Bond gives the speech to Vesper, uh, whatever is left of me, whatever I am, I'm yours. I, I went to the exact same Greek grass. Funny story about that chateau in Lake Como, that villa that Bobby and Lil. I was spending a full day in Lake Como. I rented a, a mahogany motorboat just being bougie as hell because I was making a lot of money at the time. <laughs> I still do, but, uh, and then uh, I passed by at it. This was my second time in Lake Como, by the way, so I knew the direct, my way around the lake, and then I wanted to go, in and there was a wedding happening at that chateau that day, and then they saw me driving a mahogany boat, and they're like, hey, are you part of the wedding? I was like, I am now, and so I crashed the, I crashed the <laughs> bougie-ass wedding at uh, Villa Bapiandela, so I have pictures of myself like crashing their wedding, someone else's wedding. So because of just how outrageous that day was, that's definitely one of my favorite locations. And right before that, as I was sailing around the lake, I went to Villa La Gaeta, where at the end of Casino Royale, Daniel Craig sh- Bond shoot Mr. Whitehead says, my name is Bond, James Bond. Because I remember when I saw Casino Royale, that location was just so gorgeous. I was like, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was like, life goal achieved. So that's definitely number one. Number two, two and three, I'd say London, London just... Because everything's there, and London's a little different. Because uh, I've ex- I li- I lived in the UK for half a year, so I explored most of London before Skyfall came out. And when I Skyfall, so two years before Skyfall came out, I was exploring London, and then when I watched Skyfall in 2012, I was like, 
hey, I went there. I went to the British National Gallery, or I went to Whitehall, and so it was like it was more like a sense of pride that I went to all these places before it came out. And then, uh, I guess Rome, just for what it is. And then Switzerland's just boarding system, so that's... We only asked for three. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you look so defeated over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, and a, and a little sense of... Pro- and then top, you know, Jake's at top five, so then I'll add one last fifth bonus one, and this is the yeah, one that's... the fuck up, look. <laughs> this is the most common one. Is It is the voodoo shop in New York City from Live and Let Die. I thought it was kind of surreal just to be in the same footsteps as Siraja Moore there. Absolutely. I do want, and then, uh, even though Spy Who Loved Me is the first Bond film, and one of my favorite Bond films still, it saddens me to say that I still have not been to a single location from the Spy Who Loved Me, but I got to change that. So that's on the list, all the locations from there. One of the questions, we've probably sort of gone through it, I suppose, in a roundabout way, and I've got a feeling I, I might know the answer, but... Obviously, with your profession um, and sort of what brought you to James Bond, which sort of vehicle is sort of your favourite? And I suppose why is it the gadgets? Is it just the actual car? Which one is it? Uh, two. It's not the DB5. It's, I know it's a sacrilegious answer. Lotus Esprit because it brought me to the franchise, but Aston Martin V Vantage. Same. And yeah. Feels like uh, before I. Well, I began working at the defense. Uh, I was a vehicle test engineer at General Motors. I didn't know Luke at the time, but uh, one of my jobs was validating the 50th anniversary Camaro. And so I was test driving Camaros all day. And since the V8 Vantage is the British version of a muscle car, so I have a soft I have a soft spot for cars that are sh- that, are, that are designed that way and performed that way. So V8 Vantage and the chasing and living daylights was just absolutely badass, and I'm very looking forward to seeing the V8 Vantage return in No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Say so that one's my favorite too. That car is, I mean, just even just the stills of that car, that thing looks like an absolute beast. I have to ask a question that I know probably people will get annoyed that I'm even bringing this up, but do you reckon the DB5 now has been overused? Like, do you think it's time to kick that to the curb for a film, the next actor, whatever it might be? Or do you reckon it should still be rolled out every film? Great question. And I think No Time to Die should be the end of the, the DB5 because, like, we saw Bond. I know, like, all six actors are supposed to be one James Bond character, but for Daniel, we saw how Bond got it, the DB5. From the beginning and then it's been destroyed uh resurrected and i hope because of va vantage is appearing alongside the db5 in no time that i think this is a good way to just end end the db5 for good and it's daniel's last film so i think it's a good good signal for a path what if that's what the tagline this one changes everything or whatever. It's just that the DB5 like actually goes away for good. That's really all it is. <laughs> the tagline is uh, in the 25th film, everything will ch- everything will change. Yeah, yeah, that and could it's be just it. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Madeline's um, big secret is that she just lost the fucking keys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I lost the keys. She's like, what like are, are you serious? <laughs> Would you imagine all those gadgets and he can't get in the car because the keys are gone? <laughs> hotwire. You could always hotwire, right? Yeah. So let me ask you, what would you say, and I'm, I have a feeling that it might go back to, um, you know, you as a young boy in Korea, but what would you say is your fondest bond associated memory? And this is not in Korea. This is in America. So regardless of what anyone thinks about the latter half of the Pierce Brosnan films, watching those films with my dad in theaters on Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know what it is, but I like watching like in particular the Sean Connery films like around Christmas. I don't know what it is. Oh no, I do too. But like, uh, but the Bond films, as long as I've lived, have always been released during November, and hope cross our fingers, no time to die will too. Mm -hmm. So I'd say going to watch the Bond films in theaters. The first film I saw in theaters, first Bond film I saw in theaters was World's Not Enough at 11 years old, and I've seen every Bond film in theaters since and. As much as I enjoyed going to the Spectre premiere in 2015, I, the fondest memory still has to be watching Bond films as a 11-year-old, 14-year-old, 18-year-old with my dad Thanksgiving weekend. I like that. What about you, Jake? I don't even know what yours is. It would probably be when Casino Royale came out. I saw that in Leicester Square. I would have only maybe been, oh, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 12, 13, maybe around that sort of age. Mm-hmm. Um maybe even a little bit younger. My maths is awful and I've only had two cups of coffee, so my apologies. Um, But yeah, I I went there with my granddad and we saw the film in Leicester Square. It maybe been out for, you know, a week, if that. And I just think that was probably where I already had a strong love for James Bond and enjoyed all the films, but that was almost where it just brought me into this proper world where it's, holy shit, how good is this? You know, mm-hmm. I think we're probably all in agreement that film, you know, it's it's almost difficult to choose a bad bit from that film. And oh, I just remember that's probably that's probably just my memory of almost falling back in love with the franchise again. I think it was for almost all the Bond, commu- Bond account holders in the community, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I think I've spoken to you both about this, but when they cast Daniel Craig... I mean, I was pretty young, but I was so diehard Pierce Brosnan. I grew up with him. He was, he was James Bond. Nobody else was. Not even, not even the originals. And then when they casted Daniel, um, I remember being a little upset. I wasn't as upset as like you know everybody in the UK. No offense to you guys, but I was, <laughs> I wasn't like oh the blonde Bond. I want his address. But you know, it was like uh, for me, it was, it was definitely strange. But you know. I agree. He reintroduced and reinvigorated, invigorated. God damn it. Here we go again. I'm like an editor's nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) He reinvigorated. What the fuck? Let's just keep going, dude. I mean, it's still good, though. Once Casino Royale came out, it definitely rejuvenated the, the series. So I'm going to I'm going to ask a question here and where this is going to be probably the most journalistic type question we've had so far. And if anyone wants to give us backlash, my name's Luke. Um, this is Luke. 
So I'm, I'm distancing myself from this yeah, already. You're already I, in Australia, but you're as far away as fucking possible. <laughs> so just relax. No, it's no, no, it's not anything bad. So there has been there has been speculation that Richard Madden himself is actually gay. So there's been some speculation because I guess he, I don't know if he if he has a roommate or he's seen out with a particular guy or. And he also made out with Taryn Egerton in in uh, what is it up? Uh, the Rocket Man, Rocket Man, yeah, which I haven't seen that, but there is that too. But basically, the question is not even in a in a negative way, but if if he was in fact a gay actor, do you think that um he would be like accepted as the next Bond? Hmm, that's a good question. I think uh, in the past it would have been a lot more controversial, but then people need to realize an actor is an actor, so. So it doesn't matter. I mean, like in Killing Eve, Jodie Comer's character Villanelle is, is technically a lesbian, or mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, because like in season three, she actually gets married with a woman, and and but Jodie Comer herself is a straight woman, so no one no one gave a shit. So I don't. I think. I mean, just use that as an example instead of being a double standard is what people should do. Right, and I also didn't see season three, so thank you for that shit. I mean, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> but... Um, well, no, I mean, for me, I agree. An actor is an actor, and he is unbelievably good in Bodyguard, in my opinion. And I'm actually currently re-watching it on, like, actually, you know, I just finished it for the second time, I should say. I just started Luther again, which brings me to, you know, my point, if you had to, because Idris Elba's been mentioned, um, Henry Cavill, Damian Lewis, the list goes on and on. Uh, so Richard Madden being your first, who would be your backup? Tom Hardy. Why Tom Hardy? I mean, I have a huge man crush on him. That's that's a simple fa- <laughs> that's a simple answer. But uh, you're man, also that, six inches taller than Tom Hardy. No, he's five nine. So he he's about him and I are about the same height. Though. But uh, he, I mean, he obviously can do both charm as he did in Inception and the movie where he played a twin brother twin brother gangster and. Mm-hmm. He he's a he's just a badass actor and and he knows how to bring comedy a lighthearted comedy as well in all to this and and I'm sure most if not all the Bond community knows that I'm a huge huge Peaky Blinders fan and him as playing Alfie Sim as a Jewish gangster is just is just one of my favorite parts of that show so yeah um he is a bit older but I'll still take him and he's jacked as hell too so yeah did you see his Jimmy Hoffa movie? Or not Jimmy Hoffa. The Al Capone movie. I still haven't seen that. Oh my god, Jake, have you? Nah, it's so bad. He is great in it, but the movie is so weird. It's so weird. I was talking to somebody in the Bond community about it the other day. I feel like it was like maybe Q Q Branch Media or somebody. I can't remember. Shout out to Q Branch Media, but it was it was just weird. It was very very weird. But yeah, let's. That's like how Venom was. Is like Venom wasn't a great movie, but Tom Hardy was really good in it. Yeah, and then you know, let's. I want to ask this question too. While we've got you, because you know, Instagram and in this community is how I met both of you guys. Um, what drove you to start your Instagram? I mean, I know it's your personal Instagram, but as far as you know, all the of the Bond content, and with that. A follow-up question: Who in the Bond community inspires you? Great question. Uh, great question. And uh, I'd say, 
I mean, the reason I started Instagram was just because it was a social media trend, and I didn't really get active on it until 2017. Like, I I had an account since 2015, but it only had like no, it had no pictures until like 2016. I have a picture of my pug. That was the first post I ever posted <laughs> in 2016, and then it was dormant until like 2017 when I started traveling again, or traveling again and again, and then. Everybody I met through my travels, I always connect them through social media, through Facebook. But then they're like, no, get Instagram. It's so much easier to take, share your photos. And, and who do I look to in the Bang community is uh, obviously David Zeritsky because he, he started, he's like the godfather of the Bang community. But uh, Matt Spazer as well. And I definitely have to give a shout out to Edgar and Matthew from the James Bond Comp. And you as well, too. And Jake. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say, don't leave us out. <laughs> David Zaritsky, no. David Zaritsky has not been on this podcast yet. Damn it! And we're only an episode and a quarter in, so I don't understand why he's not been on. <laughs> just kidding, David. Just kidding. Just kidding. We worship you. We bow to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got a couple more questions here for you, um, just to kind of stay on a little bit more of an in-depth look at James Bond. What? Aside from the cars and the gadgets, if you could pinpoint something that really fascinates you about the character, what would it be? Something that maybe you try to incorporate into your daily life. Outside of my travels, I'd say, uh, and this only applies to one actor, and maybe maybe Daniel slightly, but one of the things I try to incorporate is kind of like the witticism and politeness that Roger Moore brought to the character you know I know Bond is always characterized as misogynist but like the way he carried his specifically Sir Roger Moore the way he carried himself around the Bond girls with the confidence that he brought without being too showy that's what I try to incorporate into my life and they don't bring some of that to like especially the scenes with Monica Bellucci or Ava Green at Casino Royale the most Mm -hmm. and then do you who would you say is your favorite bond mm, that's a good question and uh it's between it, i'd say i mean everyone can always go to sean but my heart will always say roger and favorites definitely daniel nice nice and then do you read do you read any of the books at all i've read half the books i haven't read all of them yet do you are you one of those people that i mean i know this is slightly different with with these films but do you prefer the novels over the films in general and then also with these films really i think they i mean i think the uh, novels are great entertainment but i'm a film buff so so i I guess i I lean heavily more towards the films i want to ask you i i personally will actually listen to the scores in my car a lot especially and i shouldn't say especially i mean i've got a lot of the theme songs like on Apple Music, but as far as the scores, like I'll listen to Casino Royale and Skyfall and a little bit of Spectre a lot. Do you ever find yourself doing that at all? Not in my car, but I do have the vinyls of Live and Let Die, Spy Who Loved Me, and Thunderball. Nice. So I listen to those three scores quite a bit. Just at the house? Yes. Nice. Almost going back to No Time to Die, the the last sort of question that I'd have is what's your hopes for the film, you know, in terms of 
what's included, what does it look like, all of those sort of aspects. What are you sort of thinking, right, this is Daniel's last film, this is what I want it to be? Mm, that's. I hope it provides a good conclusion to the character without killing him off. And uh, what, there's a lot of things I look forward to in No Time to Die, and the, what do I hope for? That's a, it's a I tough hope, question. Sorry. No, no, that's a great question. A tough question. <laughs> Take so your hope, time on this one, too. Really dive into it for us, because this is interesting shit. No, I hope it concludes uh, Daniel's story without retire, quote-unquote retiring him off, because I feel like they've overdone that a storyline too long mm -hmm. yeah he's like michael jordan at this point or brett Favre. <laughs> yeah and i hope they utilize christoph vaults better i mean i didn't mind him inspector even despite the love and hate that he has but i hope they can effectively use him even though rami malik is the main villain that's one of my mm -hmm. hopes for the film and i hope this film even though like Felix brings him back to the field, I hope this film has a more traditional mission-like feel than a than a personal vengeance or vendetta or or childhood backstory issues. That's yeah. those are almost hopes. like beginning to end. Yeah, this is what he's going to go and do. This is how he does it. This is the end of the film. Almost like a bit more linear than. This happened before. This is now, you know, how he's going to react to it, all of that sort of stuff. Almost Felix comes yeah. and says, you know, he's going to shit, go and do it, and then that's yeah. what the film's almost about. But uh, what I am looking forward to most is, uh, or what I'm very excited about, No Time to Die, more than the V8 Vantage or Ana de Armas as a Bond girl or whatnot is, um, <laughs> or the fashion that, or the, all the fashion that was displayed is, I'm very excited at the crew that. Kerry Fukunaga and Eon brought to this film, like Phoebe Waller-Bridges as a right. writer, because like Killing Eve's a brilliant show. So is her uh, stand-up in Fleabag. Mm -hmm. I love the editor Elliot Graham, because uh, he edited X2 and another film called Molly's Game. Molly's Game is for those of you guys who are worried about No Time to Die being 160 minutes long. Molly Molly's Game was 145, 150 minutes long, and then that movie was flu fluid oh, as hell yeah and it didn't yeah. feel like a two and a half hour long movie because idris elba baby idris elba jessica chastain for me but you know uh -huh. yeah i've got more <laughs> of a crush on idris than jessica even though jessica's great too um i just want to piggyback real quick off this one jake uh with a couple of the i don't want to say rumors because they're not really rumors but ideas surrounding this film um do you feel like he could possibly meet his demise bond in this film? I talked with this, talked about this with David Servitsky quite a bit, and he gave a resounding no. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that idea was already greatly done in Logan, the Hugh Jackman's final run as Wolverine. Right. And I, I feel like if they really want to do that, that's kind of like that's kind of like a cheap way to go and it kind of takes the urgency out of the film because like why is he fighting so hard if he's gonna die at the end right and then lastly for me do you want to see him ride off in the sunset with madeline swan or anna de armas anna de armas 
I don't think he's gonna ride off in the sunset with Anadel Armas. To be honest with you, just just uh, thinking from a uh, film business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I hope they. I wouldn't mind him riding off in the sunset with Madeline, but he already did that at the end of Spectre, so I want to see something different. I I'll be completely okay with Madeline being the first Bond girl after staying with Bond rejects him and walks away from him yeah i would i'm just very curious to see what carrie fukunaga's done because i feel like between him and daniel craig um they're gonna you know create and make a great film and uh definitely not repeat anything that has been done before i think and really of any of the, the films previously oh yeah and then i'm carrie fukunaga's a phenomenal director and a former cinematographer i mean he granted he also brought linus sangren who did La La Land and The First Man, which are brilliantly beautiful films to watch, mm-hmm. but because you have a director who is a cin- who was a cinematographer at one point in his life, he definitely brings he definitely brings a scenery out in the film because like if even if you watch True uh, True Detective, uh, True Detective or what's this uh, film that he did with Idris? Uh, Beast of No Nations, wasn't it? Yeah, Beast of No Nation. Like in both those films, as you watch. You feel like you're in New Orleans swamp, or you feel like you're in the jungles of Africa, and then that's what I'm looking forward to. In no time to die is like the cinematography making you feel like you're in those locations. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for us, Jason. Thank you so much for joining and being our first uh, our first guest on our podcast here. Only in the episode two, we already got a great interview lined up. So thanks for coming on, man. No, it was a pleasure, and I'm always willing to come back for any further co- contributions. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. So thanks again for Jason Kim to take the time out of his day to uh, to come talk with us. Now, Jake, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this episode. So I think um, what I want to do, I'm going to give you a name of an actor and then give me your opinion Basically, do you think they'd be any good? Do you see them in the role? You know, the usual stuff. And then um, I'll kind of react to you, give my opinion as well. Are you ready for this? Yeah, sounds good. I'm interested to hear who you've got. Yeah, well, I've, this is actually an article, so I didn't make this list myself. If I did, it would just consist of like two people. And it would probably just actually it would just consist of Daniel Craig or Pierce Brosnan. Let's bring him back. Let's give him a fair shot at and, some uh, good movies. But... Um, let's start it off. And Morgan Number Freeman, one, is he still up there? Morgan Freeman. Fuck Morgan Freeman, dude. That was stupid. <laughs> I love Morgan Freeman. I'm sorry, but like that was stupid. And anybody who has listened to the first episode will remember that Jake called me out. I, I, I mentioned Shawshank Redemption like three different times. So I already can tell that that's going to be like an ongoing uh, joke that we have here. But here, here's, here's name number one. Um, probably, I'd say the most recognizable name and probably one of the most talked about Mr. Tom Hardy. How do you feel about Tom Hardy? Uh, I just I just don't see it. Like I know that might sound like a strange sort of thing, but I think with all of this, obviously everyone's going to have their own opinion. Like what you might think and what I might think is so different because, you know, we've read the books, we've watched the films for this many years and you almost get a picture in your head of what, what James Bond should look like. And 
for me, Tom Hardy just doesn't fit the sort of mold. And I know that sounds strange because he almost should like English actor, you know, physical appearance, things like that. But to me, he's just, it just doesn't fit. There just seems like something slightly, I don't know. What, what do you think about him? I know that his name's so, around a lot. Right. So this is one that you and I agree on. I, I agree completely. He doesn't fit the mold for me, even though he should. I don't know if it's um, – like I'll put it this way. I agree with you with the English – being an English actor and his physical appearance. I don't know for me if it's – and I'm looking at a picture of him right now. I don't know if it's just – truly just how he looks. I'm not saying he's a bad-looking guy, but just he doesn't – to me, he doesn't look – like Bond, I know he's on the shorter side. Um, I mean, it's, you know, and I feel like he isn't actually somebody that was really in the mix at first, maybe a couple of years ago, but more, not recently in the f- last few months, but maybe the last year or so, he's really been starting to get tossed around. I remember when I first heard it, I heard it and heard it. When I first heard it, I was, I was actually kind of shocked. Just be- And I don't know if it's just because he's too big of a name and it'd be hard for me to see it. I just, I just don't know. I really don't know. But I agree completely. I, I don't, think, I don't yeah. see it. And I think that's going to be one of the things with all of this. Like, obviously, we've got these lists, and it, we're going to talk about this over the next, you know, however many years before the next film. Probably at this rate, about twenty-five years, I reckon. But it's probably going to be someone we've never even heard of. And that's why it almost seems funny when you've got people like Tom Hardy and those sorts of big names because. We haven't really had that. Like, I'd probably say that maybe Pierce Brosnan was the biggest name who then took over Bond for sort of mm-hmm. being well known. Um, Daniel Craig, obviously, he's done some great films, but he wasn't a big name. He was almost a bit more of like a cult sort of name. Like the films yeah. that he were in, maybe now have become a bit more sort of cult classics. You know, Layer Cake, those sorts of ones. But Layer Cake, yeah. Like I, I remember when he got announced, and you're looking at him and probably the same sort of thing that we've got on people like Tom Hardy where you're going, he's not James Bond. He's not what I imagine in my head. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's probably just how I feel about Tom Hardy, that, yeah, he's a great actor, without a doubt, but just doesn't fit that for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So we'll go on to number two. Now, number two, (laughs) this is my man right here. You may know who's coming up. Idris Elba. How do you feel about the legendary Idris Elba? This one's different for me, too, though, because he's actually becoming a pretty damn big name, too. And, yeah. you know, so, yeah. What do you think about Idris Elba? Um, great actor, shit DJ. Shit DJ, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do I have any of his songs on my phone? Yeah, maybe all of them, but hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I I like Idris Elba and I'm I'm so on the fence with with this one and I think it's just a a really interesting idea with him because he's been in a lot of very good sort of English TV programs he's been in a few sort of and I think exactly like you're saying you know when he started off he's in Luther and Mm -hmm. if he'd maybe gone from that to James Bond I could almost see it, but once again, I'm not sure if being too big a name is almost going to sort of stop that now, if that makes sense. Like, he's now gone on and he's become 
a superstar, pretty much, for lack of a better word. I don't know why I said superstar. I mean, sounds like a teenage girl. But he's become that sort of, you know, he's reached those new sorts of heights. Um, I I like the idea of Idris Elba, and I like him as an actor. I, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I think I just, I'm not sure if sort of, you know, the casting for Eon and and for the upcoming films are going to shake the tree that much. Like, I'm not sure right. how much they're going to want to, you know, put someone in like Idris Elba who's already reached those sorts of stardoms. Are they going to want to do that or are they going to want to put a more unknown in like they've done before? It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting sort of idea again because um, I'm, I'm guessing on the list as we go down, it's going to be lesser known names, which... They're on there for a reason as well, but I don't know what. Why do you think he should be the next Bond? I know that he's pretty much your one or two. <laughs> yeah. So for for me, he it's difficult. I I want to say he's my number one. I think he might be tied with another person that is on the list for number one. And for me, I look at it in a sense where with everything that's going on and him being African American it is enough of a change to to have him but for me as far as his acting talent i mean he's he's a phenomenal actor he's a i mean everything yeah. from the wire to luther to you know even like movies like obsessed with beyonce like he's done a lot of different things and um like he even had a show on Netflix where he plays a DJ called Turn Up Charlie, and that one was kind of on the more comedic side. I mean, he to me he can really do it all. And and when you watch like Daniel Craig, and sometimes even Pierce Brosnan has done a lot of different things. Like even in Pierce Brosnan, like in Ghost Rider, like I hated Pierce Brosnan in Ghost Ghost Rider. Like his character, he was good at being a complete piece of shit you know what i mean and i like when actors that i love can make me hate them in roles you know and and idris elba can do that very well and um you know jason earlier in this episode brought up molly's game with idris elba which is another great film i just think that he'd be enough of a change and i do think that he is definitely suave sophisticated handsome enough and and like you know, brood brooding enough to be, to be James Bond. But, and, and to me, the one thing I, I would disagree with you with, with is I don't know if I'd be surprised I, at this point. I don't think I would really be surprised if he got hired. Yeah, I think, um, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying, like in terms of he ticks the boxes that are stereotypical, you know, if you are sitting there explaining who James Bond is to someone who's mm-hmm. never watched a film or read a book, You've pretty much, you know, he's suave, well-dressed, you know, looks good in the tux. Um, but he's also got that edge to him, which I think Idris Elba does. The same mm-hmm. as Daniel Craig. It's not it's not going to be another sort of almost Roger Moore style where it's not going to be sort of a bit more quirky or things like that. I think that it would be gritty. I think it would continue the same vein that it's going because I think that's what film audiences appreciate now is right more that sort of that sort of bond so yeah i think um no it's going to be an interesting one i think with him um how old is he do you know 
I think he's like in his 40s. I mean, and technically that would kind of make him already on the older end. But, you know, for me, it's that is a good point to, to bring up to. Yeah, he's 47. Holy shit. He doesn't look 47. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that in itself may just actually kind of... Uh, hurt his chances big time especially with how long it takes him to make a you know a movie these days but who knows if coronavirus is going to change the way that they make make films because putting 350 million dollars into a film may not get recouped like it used to post corona i think um just to sort of almost piggyback on that with my view of who should be the next bond and sort of a bit of a reason behind it as well is when it comes to sort of age I'm interested to sort of know your point of view because me and you, we're both similar ages. We're sort of, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, late 20s. I think that's a nice way mm-hmm. of saying that. Um, yep. But uh, what sort of age group are you sort of looking for? Because I think there's um, it's a really interesting point about the age of Bond and who it's going to attract as well mm-hmm. to the film franchise. Because right. my only concern is you know there's already a fair bit of divide with who's who's watching the bond films like even within the bond community we're probably a little bit on the younger side when we came into watching bond and things like that right. and yeah there are people younger than us obviously but it's almost seems like it's become something for you know people in their 40s and 50s now that's who right. pretty much the main target audience is and i was reading something the other day that was talking about who the main audience for james bond now is and it's it's men of that age that's pretty much what they've sort of said and i in my personal opinion i'm not saying they should get someone who's you know early 20s to play james bond because i don't think that fits the right mold but do you think bringing the age down a bit to attract a new audience is a good idea or or sort of continue on the same sort of vein yeah i no, i do think it is a good idea that's that's why i am somewhat heartbroken that Idris's chances are probably pretty slim. But, yeah, I agree. They shouldn't be in their early 20s because I think that would lose credibility. I'd say, like, 30s. Um, you know, maybe even early early 40s. Late 30s, early 40s, maybe. Um, yeah. The thing is, I agree with you, too. There isn't, like, you know, very many... I mean, and I'm sure there are plenty of young, young kids that have interest in James Bond, but not like they do in Avengers or things like that. So even casting somebody that could try to bring that audience in could be an interesting angle to play. But when I just skim over actors and actresses, you know, from the Avengers films, I can't really think of somebody. Maybe um, what's his face that plays Winter Soldier Could could be a decent James Bond. Of course, I can't think of his name. I um, I've got to make a confession. I've never seen an Avengers film. I think the last Superman hero film that I saw was like Spider Man back when I was about eight. Um, well, you know what? That's, that, McGuire, like. that segues us into a very, very. Uh, it's a very good segue into our next next person, being uh, Henry Cavill. Not Avengers, but Superman. What do you think of Henry Cavill? Once again, I think he's. Uh, like, like I've just made a confession. I've never seen him in Superman. Um, sure, sure, he was great. Fair, fair play to him. Um, but 
I have seen him in Man from Uncle, and I thought that was mm-hmm. a brilliant film. Um, I thought that he he played that very well. Um, he's a tough one because he almost sort of falls. He's definitely on sort of you know the more well known side of being a star. He is he is mm-hmm. well known. Um, he ticks all the boxes, and I know this might sound like a strange thing, but is he just too big? He's absolutely, well, see, he's an absolute he fucking mountain of a man. He is, <laughs> he is a beast. <laughs> well, see, and that, that, it's funny you say that because when I look at him, I do think he's way too damn big. But for yeah. me, it's not, it's not just muscle wise, like just his facial structure. It's just, it just doesn't seem right to me. However, with us, you know, talking about him right now, of course, I Googled him and during quarantine it looks like he's been doing like a lot of instagram live and stuff and he looks not only like he's thinned out but even just like his facial structure looks a lot more sharp you know what i mean and the way he's got his hair done i can actually see it just by looking at this i can definitely see it but for me to follow in daniel craig's footsteps who is a very very talented actor and to be somebody who's more of like a blockbuster actor who I'm sure in his you know career has done some roles that are more actors actor than big movie actor I he he would need to show me something very quickly that he is not just a big name you know what I mean that he that he does yeah. have the acting chops as well because I think they need to stay on that path personally yeah no, I agree, and I think, I yeah, I it might sound strange when I say that he's big, like I don't, but I'm sure you know what I mean. As in, it's just once again comes back to that what you expect James Bond to look like, and right. I suppose he he does and he doesn't. He's a bit of an enigma when it comes to that. I think because he's got the looks of what you know. He almost looks like what Ian Fleming was describing James Bond as. In mm-hmm. if you actually sort of look at him and sort of thing about it but i don't know i don't know on that one it's and i agree with sort of the acting side of things like i've i've only seen him in a handful of films i've enjoyed him in the films that i've seen him in but they've been fairly sort of you know he wasn't necessarily showing off his acting so much it was right you know just almost this is Henry cavill he's in this film if that, that right. makes sense so i agree i think that he'd have to come in and pretty much very quickly prove that he is able to sort of take over from Daniel Craig, which isn't going to be easy for whoever does it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, with that, let's move on to the next one. This is one of the more lesser-known names, um, Sam Hewen. Hewen, I believe. Yeah. He is so he's Outlander. Highlander, isn't he? Outlander, Outlander yeah. yeah. And The Spy yeah. Who Dumped Me. <laughs> which is a comedy, but Outlander is by far his uh, his real big claim to fame. I mean, he's definitely a good-looking dude. Um, looks good in a tux from this picture I see here. I mean, I, I, as, as looks-wise, I can see it, but, you know, 39 years old, he's at the right age. What do you think about Sam Hewen? Firstly, I'd like to apologize for saying that he was in Highlander, he was not in the 1986 film Highlander alongside <laughs> Sean Connery. Um, Outlander, apparently, I 
Yeah. Wasn't Highlander what uh, Ricky Bobby said was the best movie of all time was Highlander? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, It's a weird old one, isn't it? Um, So, Sam Hewitt, like, honestly, with him, and I'll, I'll be completely honest, I am going off pictures with what he looks like, and I googled some interviews with him because I haven't seen anything that he's in, but I can see why he is a favourite. Um, like you said, he looks like Bond. He he follows the same sort of template, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being the next Bond. To be honest, there's a lot of hype around him, but not so much so that it's gonna hurt his chances. I don't think. Um, I think GQ are pushing for him pretty hard. Every other Probably. article that. Yeah, you see about James Bond, it's GQ talking about how how Sam Hewen should be be the next Bond. And <clears throat> just, I suppose, in terms of how he looks, the tuxedos, things like that, he fits the mould. But, yeah, I don't have, I suppose, anything positive or negative to really say about him. Like, I've, yeah, from what I've seen, I could see it. But mm-hmm. I think Outlander is on my list to watch, just to sort of see because I haven't. Have you ever seen it? I have not. I've heard very good things, no. but I have not seen it. Yeah. So that might be um be my lockdown viewing to see if he should be the next Bond. Right. Yeah, maybe we should do a little more research. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, at the moment, we're just going, yeah, he looks good in pictures. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I actually just started watching uh, Ray Donovan. Like, let's be real. Liev Shriver is not going to be the next Bond. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, so this one is an even lesser known name, at least for me. James Norton. Now, he got thrown into the mix from a TV series called the Mick Mafia where he plays Alex Godman. So that was his big, Oh, he could be James Bond moment. Um, he, I believe is a little on the younger side, only, you know, mid thirties, early thirties, born in 1985. Are you familiar with his work at all? Um, I've seen him in a few different things across the time. So I, he, yeah, like you said, McMafia is where he sort of, um, I suppose, started to to really get his name out there. He's been acting for a long time. Um, yep. He was also, he's been in, he's been in a lot of films that you might not necessarily know that he's been in because he wasn't the major sort of star from it. So I remember mm-hmm. when I was searching his name, I, I've pretty much seen a lot of things that he's been in, sort of gone back and googled it, and then got, oh shit, he was that person in that film so he was in um like he was in rush the one about the um you know nicky louder the f1 film he was in that um things like that where because he wasn't necessarily one of the main two characters he wasn't wasn't overly known but once again i I think almost the same as sam hewan he he fits the mold pretty well and i like him for the fact that he is that sort of age like the same with sam Sam Hewen, he's he's in that mid sort of thirties, and he's not overly well known, but he's sort of known enough at the moment. Right. That's how I feel about him. That he's got a bit of a name for himself. Um, yeah, it's it, 
the same with Sam Hewn, it just wouldn't surprise me if he got named as the next Bond. I'm sure people right. would go in uproar about it because people always do when it comes to stuff like this. They right. love to have an opinion and they don't give a shit six months later. But, yeah, what do you reckon? Have you seen him in anything? Have you sort of got any strong thoughts? or? Yeah, I've seen him in a few things. Um, for me, like I saw him in Happy Valley, I believe. But for me, I he's got Daniel Craig ish vibe to me in the sense where, I mean, he started acting when he was five years old, this guy. And mm-hmm. to me, that kind of gives him a little bit of a, you know, actors, actor vibe. And, yeah. you know, yeah, like I said, he's, you know, looks good in the tux kind of fits the part. Um, you know, for me in his age too, being like early thirties, I could, I could see him too. I could definitely see yeah. him. I don't want to say come out of left field, but in a sense, come out of left field and, and yeah. steal this role from one of the bigger names. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm looking at pictures of the guy. Like, it, I, it, but the thing is, you know, I'm now I'm looking at a picture of him. It's him and Sam Hewen, and I would pick Sam Hewen just based off looks-wise, just because he just, he just looks a lot more, I don't know, man. This is, people are going to think I like, like dudes or something but it, which is fine people which is fine but you know it's like his i don't know what it is about his face he kind of looks younger than he even is yeah you know what i mean yeah and he kind of looks like he should be playing like a little asshole <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah. he just doesn't say that. So, like when he when he's got facial hair and stuff it makes him look substantially older and and it kind of completely changes his face facial structure but when he doesn't, he just looks really young, and he looks like he should be playing just like a complete prick. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I can say that. Let's uh, on that note, let's <laughs> let's move it along here. Um, so this might be. So what we've got two more, just according from this this list that I'm looking at. Jack Loudon. Jack Loudon is yeah. 29, Scottish actor. Have not seen him in anything, and I don't even think I've ever heard of this guy. To be completely honest with you, I believe he's from Dunkirk. Yeah. So this yeah. is um this is my oh, controversial. Newer. I've 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 got my one and two. Uh, Jack Loudon's my number two for who okay. I want to play James Bond. So pretty much almost above all the names that we've gone through here. But I really like Jack Loudon as an actor. He is he's a Scottish actor. Um. Mm-hmm. I think he, you're right, his biggest films, Dunkirk, he played one of the pilots in that. And um, also he was in Fighting With My Family, the, the yep. biopic one about WWE wrestling. Um, don't watch Fighting For My Family and then expect him to be James Bond because mm-hmm. it looks, it, it almost, it, it won't fit. It will look strange if you see him in that. But... right. For me, and I'm not sure if it's because he almost follows along. He, as he's sort of grown up and got a bit older, he looks more and more sort of along the same sort of mold as Daniel Craig. He mm-hmm. has got a lot bigger. He's put on a lot of muscle, and he's he's just a good actor. Like if you watch him in Dunkirk, he he's not in a lot of it. Like a lot of the actors in Dunkirk, it's not really about one actor. It's focused on so many different people, but. He 
he really sort of stole it for me. He made his part very interesting, even though it's not necessarily an interesting scene. It was the way that he sort of acted in it. And for me, it just feels like he's he's genuinely a good actor who I could personally see doing it. And once mm-hmm. again, n- not a massively well-known name, um, almost a bit of a sort of, I suppose, homegrown star in, yep. in sort of the UK. Um, so, yeah, he's he's pretty high up on my list, but will he actually get it? I don't know. Like, yeah, it it would be a bit of a surprise, but I'd be, I yeah, that's probably my opinion on him. Yeah, I'd be surprised too. But like like you said, I mean, the picture that they chose of him that I'm looking at, I don't really like. But when I research him, I see some 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 of the pictures he's he looks a little a little boyish. Yeah. Maybe just like kind of like a boyish charm type thing, but then there are some where he looks like he could definitely, but I mean, if he does it at 29, he doesn't even look 29. Um, to me, I, I think, I think with him being 29 years old and probably having the acting experience and talent to carry it as a 29 year old, um, I don't think he would come across like he'd be young. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the role. I think he'd be able to play it as, you know, 30s. But mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, so we've actually even got with two him, more from I there. Think, um, oh, Go ahead. I think even with him, um, even if it's not for this next Bond, I maybe, you know, um, we're not going to do an I'm episode on who's going to be the Bond after Bond, but maybe, you know, I could imagine that that, that would sort of work. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we've actually got two more. There's one that isn't in the article that should have been because he's being talked about a lot. Taron Egerton, Rocket Man. So this one, um, this is an interesting one to me as well. So he has become more and more famous, um, also British, even younger than the last I mean, this guy, I know he's about the same, 29 years old. Um, So he's around, or no, 1989. So he's probably about, you know, 30, almost 30, whatever it is. Math guy. So um, I saw him in Eddie the Eagle, obviously Kingsman, um, Rocketman. I mean, he's got, Eddie the Eagle was the first thing I saw him in with Hugh Jackman. That movie was really good. Um, Yeah. Kingsman, obviously somewhat similar to James Bond. No shit. Um, so with that, um, you know, after doing rocket man, obviously he's shown off his acting ability and Kingsman puts him in the spy type genre or whatever. Um, so what do you think of Taron? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. This one, I reckon, because like you're saying in Kingsman, it's to me, it, it's almost a parody of James Bond, yeah, but still a good film within its own right. Like it's, I I enjoy them. They're they're good films. They're enjoyable, and I think a lot of people who like James Bond will like Kingsman because it's it's almost just a same same but a bit more out there, you know. Right. Um, and I my only sort of thing is, yeah, has he sort of almost pigeonholed himself with that like? Is it just an easy choice to go, well, he's almost played James Bond before in Kingsman. Should we just mm-hmm. 
make him James Bond? And then what sort of, I suppose, presidents does that set up like? We've never really had it, but for me, it would just worry me that then they're going to start going, oh, well, if that worked, let's start doing spin-offs and things like that. And I hate that idea. I know that that is not what this podcast is about today, but... Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really like that idea of having, you know, the young James Bond and James Bond sidekick and fucking this, that, and whatever. Right. To me, that right. that doesn't really appeal to me. If they do it, great. There's, you know, more stuff to watch. But that's that's probably my only concern, which is a bit of a weird one. It's sort of a probably a, a long bow to draw with it. But yeah, great actor. Probably looks mm-hmm. the part as well. Very good actor. Um, Very good actor. Yeah, there's no. No denying that everything that he's done, he's pretty much been good in. You know, Eddie the Eagle is a great film. It's a great film that they managed to capture a very mediocre skier um, and then make it enjoyable for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Rocket Man. Rocket Man was a musical, and I'm not the biggest fan of musicals, but yeah, it was still good. Um, right. But yeah, what what do you reckon about him? Um. You want to know? This is funny. First off, something about the way he talks, like his mouth. I don't like it. I just don't like the way it looks. <laughs> That's gonna sound weird. And number two, he's also a little boyish for me. Um, I yeah. feel like the last three people I've said that, but um, it's just funny. And this is weird. And maybe I should have said this early on. <laughs> but I feel like if him and Daniel Craig were to fight, Daniel Craig would just beat the shit out of him. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. a weird thing to say, but it's like I'm looking at him as saying, does he play a convincing enough spy to take over Daniel Craig's role and seem just as good as far as acting wise, you know, film star wise, but then edgy enough and could, you know what I mean? Because it's like for me, it's like, would we replace Daniel Craig with somebody that? doesn't seem i don't want to say better as daniel craig but you know what i mean it's like just if you look yeah. at it in that simple way like could this guy beat daniel craig in a fight i don't think so you know what i mean someone it's, like it's almost Salva what we want is somebody him, like that. Yeah. even tom hardy could yeah you know it's, it's, it's just, almost what we want is a very strange thing isn't it it's like you want someone young enough that's going to attract the audience but you don't want them to be too young but you want them to be young enough but maybe look a bit older like you could go around in circles, couldn't you? And you want them to be big enough, but not too big. It's, I suppose that's the luxury that we have of, of being James Bond fans that we can just sit here and chat shit about this for half an hour. Um, right. But Christ, what a nightmare that would be to have to actually try and go and find someone who you think fits that mold. That would be right. hard work. Cause I know what you mean. It's yeah, you want them. You, you want the James Bond after this. You're not saying you want him to be better than Daniel Craig, but you want him to, be able to continue the film on that is still enjoyable in the same sort of way right. so you you the first film you're always going to be comparing him with daniel craig because he has sort of changed the franchise you're just going to compare him. it's you right. know everyone did with with craig and brosnan you're going to keep doing it so you want it to almost sort of make sense why you've put someone right. there i mean to me it's just like and and i hope people don't you know take my tangent and my reasons for not being the biggest Terran fan for this role um, in the wrong way but it's like imagine if you hired him and this is similar to Tom Hardy kind of because Tom Hardy um, Henry Cavill Idris Elba guys like that do have an edge to them we've seen it I mean 
Henry Cavill's got an edge to him just because he's like 7'2", 330, brick shithouse, pure muscle. But imagine hiring Taron Egerton and saying, oh, the new Bond is younger, smaller, more boyish. You know what I mean? Like, how do you yeah. go from one to the other? Maybe You know what I mean? If, if it was the opposite way, maybe. But you know what I mean? It's like Daniel Craig has brought an unbelievable edge and grit to this franchise that really hasn't been seen before. And you can't, I don't think you can go backwards. No, to me, I and I feel like to me it would that's going to be a backwards. problem. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Well, here's last but not least, probably I think on a lot of people's lists as number one, you guys listening probably have guessed who this one is. And I think we'll dive into him a little more than the rest just because he's given us a lot of content recently with Bodyguard. What do you think of Richard Madden? Um, Richard Madden's a weird one to me. Like, he, I, he's become my number one um, probably after the la- over the last month, like, realistically. Before that, I, I wasn't sure. But I, I went back and rewatched Bodyguard again. So I saw it maybe, well, it, it would have been maybe a year ago when it first came out. And I enjoyed it. It was a, a great series. He was good in it. And then I heard, and then it was almost like a month after I'd watched it or two months where the news started coming through, you know, could he be the next James Bond? All, all of that. And for some reason, I just sort of went, nah, there's no way, there's no way. And then I've gone back and watched it again. And it's almost like watching it, you know, fresh because it is that good where you can watch it mm-hmm. the second time and enjoy it as much as the first time and the, the second time you're you're watching it and i'm not necessarily watching it thinking is he good enough to be james bond i'm thinking it i'm thinking in the back of my head somewhere subconsciously they've said that he could be the next james bond and i've come out of watching it the second time and gone yeah he should be like that's that's my opinion he he fits the mold for everything he's scottish which I, I like the connection to, to obviously Sean Connery. Um, mm-hmm. He's, you, you know, he looks like someone who could work for MI6, which mm-hmm. is probably something that we haven't necessarily said throughout the podcast, but nope. could any of the other ones actually look like they work for MI6? Like, could Daniel Craig look like he works for MI6? Maybe. But, um, but for me, Richard Madden actually looks like he could. He fits right. that sort of that sort of look. He fits the role, and I think that he would almost bring maybe a little bit of realism to it as well. He's not he's not massive. He's not you know the biggest bloke, but right. he just I don't know. It just sort of works, which I know it goes against a lot of things that we have said about other people. But there's just something about him that for me I go, yeah, that makes sense. He's right. He'd be my number one choice at this stage, I'd say. Yeah, so he's, he's like I said, tied with Idris, but more realistic. My number one as well. I mean, Bodyguard was great, um, obviously, from Game of Thrones. He was great in Game of Thrones. He plays a very lovable character in Game of Thrones, but also very noble and courageous character. Um, Bodyguard, he plays a very... What's the right word to say it? I mean, like a broken character, which is very James Bond too. Um, 
a lot more emotional at times than than James Bond ever is. So you kind of see a different side of that. Um, but obviously very spyish. But I don't know if most people know this. This is more of a newer development. But he and Priyanka Chopra are starring alongside each other in an Amazon spy series called Citadel. So that doesn't even have a release date yet. It's all pre-production. Probably not for, I would say, at least 2022 at this point. So that can mean two things, in my opinion. Number one, it's just even further ammunition to hire him. I mean, he's, like you said, Scottish. He's like 34, 5 foot 10, you know, somewhat, I mean, it's not really tall, but, you know, dark features. He fits the mold very well, and he's about to do what technically would be his second spy ish role and this one will probably be being a spy show a lot more you know spyish james bond like than bodyguard was but with this being in pre-production and probably not coming out until at least at the absolute least the end of 2021 does that schedule hinder his chances does the fact that he's doing something somewhat similar hinder his chances or does it fuel the fire once that comes out? If they take some sort of hiatus, say, you know, this movie, No Time to Die, does come out in November, they ride that high for six, seven months, then they wait another year before they cast the next person because it is a mini series. So I think it's going to be just one season, The Citadel. Do they see that and say, yep, this is our guy? Or do they see that and say, you know, he's already done something similar? Somebody else. I mean, they didn't really do that with Pierce Brosnan coming off of what he was coming off of. But how do you feel about that with this development of the miniseries here? Yeah, I didn't actually know about that. Um, so that's that's interesting. I think, yeah, it. I, I hate to be sort of pessimistic, but I feel like that could hinder rather than help. Um mm-hmm almost for the same sort of reason of of Taron Egerton. Like, it's... Uh, I don't know, it just... I, I can't imagine it helping. I feel like it would would slow things down too much. I feel like mm-hmm. they might... I, I don't know how flexible, you know, they're going to be with the filming after No Time to Die, how they're going to want to do all of this, the state right. of the world's still in. Um, but at the same time, it they might wait till it comes out. It might be brilliant. And then they might start filming after that. They might see it. And it mm-hmm. might sort of almost be like the, the push over the, the edge. Right. But I err on the side, I suppose, of pessimism with this one and probably say that won't help. I feel right. like if he's going to do you, that. Have you seen Jack Ryan with John Krasinski? I have. On Amazon? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if I were to ask you... And this is this is a good question, but kind of a shitty one at the same time. So I'll I'll if somebody wants to comment on my like I get it. But if I had asked you on season six of The Office, could you ever see Jim Helpert play Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan, what would you say? Yeah. You you're gonna have a pretty clear no on that one, aren't you? What? I I'd have a pretty clear no on that one. Oh um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's- yeah. yeah. So, but now, I mean, even when he was cast as Jack Ryan, I was still like, oh, I mean, he's, you know, done other things, but he's 
excellent in that show. He's very good in that yeah. show. And that's a great it's show all around. Like, it's almost like you get past probably the first two episodes. Like, I, I mm-hmm. love The Office. I've watched it, you know, so many times that I, it almost took me two episodes because I turned it on and I was like, oh, there's Jim. Well, this is going to mm-hmm. be a bunch of shit because I'm not going to be able to stop seeing that. And then after like two episodes. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, oh, is Dwight going to be flying the fucking helicopter or something? Here we go. <laughs> um, and then and then after like two episodes, you you forget because he does well enough in that that you can forget. So, yeah, I, I see your point. It's, it, I yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's just going to be an interesting one, I think. It's, I suppose, a newish development. But does that, that he's already signed on for that, does that already tell you that he thinks that he might not get the wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. is there something there to that as well? Because if you think you might be the next James Bond and the person who they they want to be the next James Bond might not have even been approached. Like, we we genuinely have no idea. This is all speculation. Um, So what does that sort of tell you something? Maybe, Mm -hmm. probably not. But that's just sort of my, I suppose, gut feel on it. Right. I would love to be like, spoiler alert, the producers for this miniseries are Barbara Black- Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, but that's not true. So, <laughs> um, But no, so, yeah, I mean, for me, basically what I'm, what I was getting at with that was, you know, if this is a true miniseries, because Bodyguard was six episodes, say this is another six episodes and it's just Amazon Prime comes out six episodes first day people binge it in six hours part of me thinks it could actually really help too but only time will tell yeah definitely but yeah i think that wraps up this so overall your top two you would say richard madden and jack loudon yeah i think that's my my top two i'm gonna lock that in but yeah. I suppose we'll watch this space a little bit because, like everything with James Bond, it'll probably be changed by next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's somebody who isn't what even born you? yet. <laughs> so yours, yeah, so yours are Richard Madden and Idris Elba, I'm guessing. I think I'm going to change my Idris Elba just because of the, the shock that he's almost 50 years old. And let's be real, it's not going to be, they're not going to start filming this movie a year from today. So I'm going to go Richard Madden, and I think Henry Cavill, if he continues to look, look the way he does right now, shaving off a little bit of that, you know, Superman weight, um, I can see him doing it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed that one. And then if you want to comment on it and let us know what you guys think, uh, that would be great. You know where to reach us, Bond's apartment and James Bond AU. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Good to catch up. Yeah, you too. Take it easy, guys.